podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody, welcome along to your Friday Night Rangers Rabble podcast. I'm your host, Martin, and I'm joined by Brian, Craig and Kerr. Brian, are you watching the show on your phone as well as being on it? I don't know, just my phone just... <laughs> Sorry. Are you oh, watching it's... yourself while we do a podcast? That's creepy, by the way. He's getting his money off, guys. I was, actually, I, was actually, I was actually reading the thumbnail and know what we were going to speak about because you said that you weren't sure, so... Right, okay, well, all right, hands up. I might have been sitting watching Angry Birds with my daughter and completely forgot about time and then rushed about at the last minute. And I, I usually give the guys three or four points that we're definitely going to talk about and I haven't given them anything. Not an, not a thing. So it's the most underprepared I've ever been in a week that has been rather depressing. So we'll try and think of something positive, nice, happy to talk about. Um, if you've got anything in the comments that you want to discuss or you want to talk about, maybe there's something positive, then we'll we'll hopefully talk about that. I can't really find much positivity out there, but I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll find something. Yeah. Care, how are you? I'm all right, Martin, yourself. <laughs> we bit stressed. We we bit stressed. <laughs> um Craig, I've just noticed, are you in a house coat? No, it's my dressing gown, mate. Same thing. I've had a week of the lurgy, so I'm just, I'm going down the care route and just sitting in my dressing gown. Yeah. But it's cold. It's fucking freezing. Right. It will be. Had I noticed that, then you would have been told to take it off. <laughs> um, but we're in now. It's so unprofessional looking, but we're in now. Um, yes, Brian, how are you? Uh, well, it was fine up till last night. I was meant to be going down to Glasgow for a, a stag weekend, but unfortunately the old COVID's caught up again, so that's me housebound for a few days. How Hopefully. many times is that now you've had COVID? Uh, just just looking for a Just looking for a, a wee couple of weeks after your work, is that what it is? Well, the chance to be a fine thing. Hmm. Um, Corey, I don't know. Uh, what is it with these guys that do pods and don't put the, the heating on? I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's so extortionate. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the only reason the heating doesn't go on. Plus, I don't have a radiator in this room. Um, it's Friday. That's positive. We lost James Sands. Is that positive? I liked him. Didn't get proper trial. Right, okay, we'll jump straight in on that then. Um, I was going to... Uh, well, look, we're going to talk contracts, um, stuff like that, press conferences, etc. Of course, we'll look ahead um, to the commandment game. Um, but Kerr, James Sands, obviously, loan terminated, sent back to New York. Um, firstly, correct decision, and B, was it an easy decision for Rangers to make? That was probably both Martin and I, probably a correct decision for James and an easy decision for Rangers because he was only on loan and they weren't going to buy him, so it wasn't a hard decision to make. And I feel for him a bit because he came in Gio wanted him by all accounts. Gio liked him as a player and wanted him. And obviously, Michael's come in and he's not really fulfilled the potential that we, we were told he had. Plus, he never got a fair cracky rip, I think, in his actual position. But in the day, eh, I don't know if he was good enough. He's never really given a shot. But as a centre back, he was a bit hit and miss. Eh, and he was always worth a bookie, wasn't he? 
So we'll probably create the decision for him and the club. So it's not going to cost us anything. So he's way back in MLS. His season's just starting, so he'll probably getting game time in New York straight away. Do you know, I've seen something, Craig, online, and it piqued my interest slightly with regards to James Sands. And I can't remember who it was that said it, so I can't give him the credit. Um, but it was along the lines of, look, these loan to buys are, are a good thing, because obviously it gets you to get the player in for a season or two seasons or whatever it is, have a look at them before you decide whether you want to buy them or not. Um, but is it fair to get a loan to buy when you consistently change that player's position and don't give him a chance in his natural one? No. Um, I said this the other day. I, I, I always thought there was a player there if he had a good crack at, good crack at his position. Um, the couple of times I saw him play centre midfield, he was pretty, pretty good. N- nothing spectacular, but nothing awful. Obviously, the the problem we had was he spent most of the season um, playing as a centre back and a left sided centre back as, as it was. Um, I always thought that if if he wasn't going to play centre midfield, then he probably could have done a job as a right side of a three. He was never never going to play in a two as centre back. But maybe as a right side of a free, have somebody there in the middle who's the who's the ball winner, and then he can come out of midfield with the ball, similar to what Lundstrom's done in the past, sort of drop in and get the ball, and then run forward with it. Which he could have he could have done a job there. Um, but I think the problem was as well that he had that price tag um, labelled pretty much from day one of what we what we were going to pay for him. Um, so I think that put him at a bit of a disadvantage straight away because he had to sort of come in and be amazing for us to spend that sort of money. Yeah, I suppose he did, but he never really got that chance, Brian. That's that. That's the thing for me. He was played a, a few times in midfield, but then obviously get moved into that centre back position when we had absolutely, absolutely no cover. Do you think this term, loan termination was done because of what happened in the League Cup final and because of the reaction, or do you think this was planned? I don't think it was any reaction to what happened at the League Cup final. I think it's it's <clears throat> it's probably been brewing for. A, a wee while now. Um, he's obviously he's not played much under a Michael Beale. He's played the odd time, um, as you say. Though, as the guys have been saying, he, he's 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 only fleetingly played in his preferred position in midfield. <clears throat> Unfortunately, when he's been playing centre half, he's been mainly playing with guys who are either like a young Leon King who's eighteen, or somebody else who isn't. You know. Uh, up to fitness or you know or has just came back from injury so he's not had anybody like he didn't play with Goldson much either so you know it's it's he's he's been very much he's been the master of all trades but he's, he's jack of all trade master of none sort of style you know he's he's one of these he's one of these guys that just seems to be reasonable in, in a lot of positions but not very good in 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 one particular one that we've seen anyway so unfortunately it's 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 been a shame for him because we just haven't seen him much in his his preferred position. But it's been circumstances that have led to it. He's had to play centre half a lot for us. But again, that goes back to the recruitment. You know, we didn't recruit very well in the, in the summer before with the centre half situation. So we let two go that you know we could have easily kept Balogun just for another season just to tide us by. But you know <clears throat> the decision was made. So. And then, unfortunately, Sands was always earmarked as a sort of, I think as Craig said, you know, he, he could play in a three, but he was never, I don't think he was ever equipped to play in a two. So, but no, I think it's I think it's mainly circumstances that have been his downfall. I don't think it's been anything, all right, he's not played great, you know, 
<laughs> I don't think any, I don't think you can say anybody's played brilliant this year, but unfortunately, he's just not been. It's just not happened for him. No, no, it really hasn't. Is that a sign of things to come, Kerr? Um, if, if we're going to talk Tom Lawrence in a wee minute, because I know there's a few people um, that want um, us to have their say on him. But um, I've been really put off by that comment that says, where's my car key? I don't know why that's just that's just absolutely hit me. But yeah, Kerr, is this a sign of things to come, do you think, at, at Rangers? We're, a wee bit about the press conference. The manager was a wee bit back and forth when he was talking about how many players need brought in, and then he mentioned money, etc., etc. So is this a sign of things to come? I think it could be, Martin. I think they will, the squad will be thinned right down. I think we've got too big a squad. I think if you look at the players we have, there's a lot of them not getting used for various reasons. Probably mostly injury, but he's going to have to thin that squad right down, and maybe. I don't know, 20, 22, 24 at the max, and see what he can use. Some will go. Hopefully, he can bring some money. Mentioned three or four. They probably need more, but it comes down to finances. It all comes down to what wages they want. It all comes down to if we're going to sell anybody, will we have people taking them? We just can't get the players if we don't want teams don't want to buy them. And we don't really want to start paying players off because it's in your budget as well. So I think it comes down to a lot of different things, but He's going to have to be careful what he comes out and says, just for the reason he doesn't want to come out and say things that people take the wrong way, like he said earlier on the day about Celtic maybe being ahead of money-wise and stuff, which is kind of true to be honest with you. He didn't say we want to go and know one anything, he just says that he's not going to have much money to spend his end, but he's going to have to be clever with what he spends, so it's up to him and hopefully whoever's in charge of the football side probably will be Ross Wilson it to get the heads together because we can't we're coming from behind again but we can't always just start a season and a couple of defeats and then get beat with them they're back to square one again so it's a big few months for some players but also it's going to be a big summer but we don't know how much the score is going to be changed so we're just a case I just wait and see I mean Craig is it, is it was that comments quite alarming for you today, I mean, was it was it a not a shock, but you know, was it quite sort of taking take you aback with the you know the fact that he's going to have to be very clever in the market, and he's he's pretty much admitted you know there's not going to be much money to throw around. <clears throat> you know, it's 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 such a difference from the summer before, where you know we, you know as we go back, you know, we'd won the league, we were doing re- really well that summer. We just didn't we didn't capitalise on the, on the position we were in, did we? No, and I do agree with him that obviously we're not going to have as much money, maybe because obviously we've still got a lot of stuff going on in the background, but it all comes back to, it doesn't matter whether we got 10 million or 100 million, the money needs to be spent better. The money needs to be spent absolutely better. You, you, you can build a squad, other teams have proven, you can build a decent squad by looking at the free transfer market. Obviously, we've, we've had quite a good success with players such as Lawrence, obviously, before his injury. He was looking pretty good. Um, we don't need to spend millions, but the money needs to be spent better than what it has been, chucking money around at um, players that they never play. Um, I was reading up a few things earlier. They were talking about the um, sort of Polish right-back that we signed for half a million and he, he played one game and, and went on a free. Um, players that we're not getting the value from. So and that all comes down to um, Kerr's best mate. I was just a way to say, Kerr. I mean, does 
does the fact that the money's not getting spent very wisely pretty much go straight back to the director of football? I think it has to, unless, I mean, he came out in AGM and said that he's not responsible for buying players, so who is responsible for buying players? Because in the day, he's a man in charge, He's he doesn't just oversee the recruitment, he oversees quite a few different things, but he has his job to oversee, and you just can't, I mean, Michael Beale said himself, he's got a few players in mind, but the sporting director and the scouts have got a few players in mind, so who's got the final say, who's got the final decision. I mean, Ross Wilson will know by the board telling them they've got this much money to spend on transfer fees on wages and see what you can do. I mean, they should have a list of targets and if they've got maybe four or five different positions they're looking at, they should have a list of four or five different players for these positions because your first choice is you're always going to get. But that should be done well in advance or just now. But Michael Beals at the end of the day head manager has jobs on the line. No Ross Wilson's even though I feel Doing as badly as well just now, his job should be in the line as well, just as him as manager. But Michael Bill's got to trust the players he wants in, and if he's bringing players in that he's seen or he wants, which is fine. But if he's trying to coach players that other people are bringing in on his behalf, maybe more difficult for him. We just we just moved on to the you know the, the obviously money the money situation, Martin, and then we I just asked Scott there, you know, is you know is the is the money sort of issues. And how they're spent squarely at the door of director of football. Simple as that. It's got to be at the door of the director of football. <laughs> Whether it's his decisions or not, the director of football is in charge of the football department at Rangers. But mm-hmm. but Brian, you can you can go into further discussions than this, right? And, and we'll come back to Ross Wilson. Um, because my opinion is he has to go. I don't understand how how he keeps his job. There's, 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 if you look at all the players that we've brought in. And he's brought in a hell of a lot of players. I don't have the list in front of me, right? He has brought in so many players and seven of that team that started that final on Sunday played in the 2019. So that right away tells you that all these players that he's bringing in aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. Now, if any line of work that you're in, Brian, if you make that many mistakes, if you cost the club that much money, how much money has that cost us in terms of, even if it's small transfer fees, wages, agents' wages, you know, all the stuff that goes along with it. Brian, how can he conceivably keep his job? <clears throat> I think I think it's it's past it. Well, you know, a lot of us thought the tipping point was past, but I think for, I would say, 90-odd <clears throat> percent of the the fan base, maybe even more than that now, are where he's, he's, he's well past the tipping point as well. He's he's just made, it's just been not good enough. I mean, you don't, you don't mind out of 10, maybe three don't work or four, you know, you can, you can take three not working, but he's not even getting, he's not even getting two right out of 10 at times. And that's for a club of our size, it's not good enough. And and again, to, to branch off as well, that obviously comes, the scouting comes in under, under that as well. So obviously the scouting's not good enough because they're, they're obviously identifying these players. Um, and between the scouting network in the department, sorry, and Ross Wilson himself, it's simply, it's been a bit abysmal's not even a good enough word. It's been just horrendous. And as you say, how how Ross is still, Ross Wilson still on a job, I really don't know because as you not, say... Brian, Brian, the noises coming for the club are that the board are happy with the job that Ross Wilson's doing. 
Now, I don't know whether that's true or not, right? You, I'm not going to put my hands up and say that's 100% true. The noises coming for the club or sources round about the club are that they're very, very happy with the job that Ross Wilson's doing. Well, I've... Well, there's 50-odd thousand go every second week that would suggest otherwise. Um, I mean, if they're not seeing what we're seeing, then that's that's an even that's an even bigger problem. I mean, if they can't see what's happening on the park and with the money that's getting spent and getting wasted we're we're seeing it as a fan base and if a board if the board aren't seeing it then that's that's alarming because at the end of the day he's spending their money and if you if somebody's if you give somebody a, a wedge of money and they wasted it you wouldn't keep them would you so i mean if 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 the fan base are seeing it now for what it is it's a you know a, a total shambles and it's just basically throwing money down a drain as i say two every two weeks we're seeing it you know ibrox 50 odd thousand are seeing it if a if a twelve man board or how many people on the board can't see it, that's that's massively alarming for me. Martin, Martin, I'll just say about if the board are trusting him, they must think he's doing okay because the money he's made in player sales, getting to the Champions League, that's what the board are interested in. The board are looking at their balance sheets, not looking at. Don't get me wrong, some of them sat there, they want success, right? But it's probably not their first goal. Because it's a business at the end of the day, so they'll try to balance these sheets and they'll give Ross Wilson and say, You get A, B, and C to use transfer wise. And he says, Right, you've done that. And he said, Well, you turn around and say, It's not my fault these players are injured because you can't, something you can't justify for, but when you're buying players who have injury records, you're taking a bigger gamble, especially at a couple of us, like players like Hillander, Suter, Roof. You're taking a big gamble because these guys are sitting on mega bucks and I'm not playing football. Was it was it yeah, was it not Ross Wilson's decision to move the medical team about and make changes? To the I don't know if that's true. I've heard that I've heard that isn't, so I'm not hundred percent sure. But I mean, he's in charge of most things that the board have put him there. So if that's the case, then it has to be looked into because injury wise, it's a shambles at a club. I mean, we can go into bit Tom Lawrence, which is just unfortunate. But it's this this is Tom Lawrence's first major injury. And he's kind of career this big, and I, I'll come back to, I'll come back to Tom Lawrence in a second, care right? To, well, as about Ross Wilson, Martin, I mean the board are obviously happy. He's seen it at AGM, they were happy because he's making them money with the poor sales which we've done. We got to the Champions League. I mean, people going on about Edmondson House, but a lot of the fans put money. In, I'm, a, I put money in it myself. I'm not saying that about it, but a lot of fans put 150 pound and off their own money to help towards that. Yeah, the supporters over the last 10, 15 year. Have pumped so much money yeah, into the I know. Football. And football fans always all matter, no matter what. We like to moan, but we don't walk away because it's your life, your club's your life. You just, you just don't stop going or stop supporting a club because of bad results, because you've always got hope. But what we're seeing now is, I mean, it says you can't even say, let's go to the board because you said, darn night. You can't, but if they're only willing to invest so much, they're willing to say the money's not there. A, B, and C because they don't want to go the way like previous. It's very difficult. This is where the manager and the director of football has got to be clever. And they're not being clever enough. They're, they're going down blind alleys with some of their signings. And it's going to be a huge few months for the manager, the players, but especially this, uh, the director of football. Because if he gets this wrong, there's few people going to lose their jobs and it's going to start with Michael Beale. 100% it is. Um, I want to come back to Ross Wilson in a wee second, Craig, and I want to come back to Bill's press conference and a few of the things that he said. But I just want to ask you a question. 
Um, this is might be a very, very difficult question to answer. And listen, maybe I'm being facetious here. I don't know. That's a hard word for me to say. I get that. And maybe he does do stuff in the background that we don't know about. But could you please tell me what Stuart Robertson does at our football club? Simple answer, no. <laughs> I ain't got a clue. I, I know he's on the... I just, uh, yeah, I ain't got a clue what he actually does. Um, apart from coming out on Rangers TV interviews every couple of years to tout some <clears throat> success that we've had. Um, but no, apart from that, I have not got a... I know what James B. Grove does. I know what Ross Wilson does well to a point, but I wouldn't know what Stuart Robertson does. No. Uh, maybe, listen, Care you know about all this stuff. You're, you're involved in the world of football, right? And maybe I'm being too harsh. And Ross Wilson gets a lot of stick, and rightly so, in my opinion, 100%. But see, when you look at the likes of, let me just say what, Leanne Dempster, right? She was at Motherwell. She then went to Hibs. She's now went to Queen's Park. And you look at the jobs that she's done within those football clubs, right? Leanne Dempster, not my favourite person in the world, but she's done a cracking job in the same job role as Stuart Robertson. So what's Stuart Robertson doing at Rangers? Stuart Robertson shouldn't be there after helping the point, Pedro, but... He still is, and he can out with Sally's statements. I mean, can't remember another chap's name saying this squad's the best we've had for a long time. It's, I don't John know Bennett. what John Bennett, I don't know what they're doing. Martin, end of the day, they're obviously got a position, authority, they've got a position of power at Rangers, and we're just customers to him. We're nothing else, and they know, like I said, they're always going to be there, but we have to but get rid of these guys not very easily because if they're on the board or are friends with. They're going to part and have else. They're not, going to, they're not just going to walk away. It's very difficult to get other guys from a board. Very, very difficult. A football club's no different for our company. At the end of the day, it's still a business. and It's hard for us because we've been through a lot and we thought we were coming out on the other side and now we're one or two bad results and you feel like it's the end of the world. Do you know what I mean? Because that's life for a football fan. But the, the board, the management and... Ross Wilson, they've got to do something, they've got to, and it's not even like we're asking for a lot, all we're asking for is a team who can compete in the park week in, week out, and if we do lose a game, which we're going to do, we don't walk away thinking we didn't compete, see if you can beat Brian, but you get beat, I'm not saying you're happy, but you take it more, easier, mm -hmm. but it's when you don't compete and you're thinking, why what are these up to, and they don't look bothered, and some of them are very comfortable, and just pours wise, and the staff are very comfortable, the board members are very comfortable, and it's not because they're doing anything special. They're just very comfortable in their role. They're happy finishing second. They're happy with the money they're getting for their Champions League fails, when they're getting for people coming in. Like, James Biggs has done a really good job. He's made the club a lot of money. He's not done anything bad since he went, because his, his remit was to make the club money, which he's done. But the rest of him, he can probably point fingers at. Do you know what frustrates me the most? Right, sorry, Brian, but do you know what frustrates me the most? Um, as as people who watch this regularly know that you know we we cover the B team, we get press access. So, you know, I've spoke to Dave McCallum, I've spoke to Craig Robertson, I've spoke to Craig Mulholland. These guys all do a fantastic job, right? Working with the youngsters, bringing them through. They they invest so much of their time in these young players. Yes, the academy hasn't been fantastic in terms of bringing players through. But the work that goes on in the background, I can tell you there's a lot, a lot of work that gets put into that, Brian. So see if that's the case, that these board members are happy 
finishing second, getting to finals as long as the money's coming in, then that's a slap in the face to everybody at our football club, not just the supporters. And do you know what? Kerr said something. We get treated like customers. Do you know what? I wouldn't care what the board thought of us. I wouldn't care how the board treated us in terms of the perception of us, if they treated us like customers, etc., etc. If we were being successful on the park, if they were looking after the team properly, treating us as customers. But it seems to be going the opposite way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when when you need all the departments of the football club working, you know, you need the, the director of football doing his business and conducting the negotiations and you know thrashing out the deals, whatever <clears throat> whatever his job description is. You need the scouting network to do their due diligence in each player, checking them out. You know, especially medical histories like you know we're so good at, obviously. Um, and then obviously the medical medical department. I mean. Last season, we went, there were some players played 55 plus 60 games for us. No problem. And yet we, the, the whole club was getting accused of using, you know, you know, some voodoo stuff and, you know, getting accused of using some magic potions because we were managing to play so many games without injuries. Now, all of a sudden, the players are breaking down at the slightest thing and they're, they're out for months, you know. So... Things are not happening. Things are wrong at the club, clearly. And as you say, <clears throat> there's got to be a tipping point for the fans where they say, right, enough's enough. It's a question of when's that tipping point going to happen. <clears throat> it just needs one more bad result. And I, I'm afraid it could be it could be really interesting times because well, I don't think, tomorrow, I don't think the board Brian, have got much time left. Tomorrow, Brian's going to be hostile. Yeah, and as it should be, as it right, rightly should be. I hope the Union Bears have got a nice banner mm -hmm. to tell the board exactly what they think of them and what the majority um, of supporters think of them. And this is a good point as well, Craig Rangers on tour. If we are seen as customers, then surely things like the website, my gears, etc., should be top class. But it's not. Um, again, something Stuart Robertson spoke about. He spoke about everything. This was after winning the league, and, and I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop saying 55, right? Because 55 is starting to piss me off now, right? 55 doesn't matter anymore. That's that's in the past. That's history, right? And we haven't looked like winning a league title since, if I'm being brutally honest with you, right? We've been dross. Um, but Stuart Robertson talked about, yeah, we need to be best in class at this, best in class at that, move on, move on, move on, get better. I'm sitting here right now as of, and I even forgot the date, right? As of the 3rd of March, and I'm thinking to myself, the guy's talking absolute pish. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff is not anywhere near best in class. Um, the amount of times you see online where people are trying to buy tickets and it just just doesn't work. Um, my my jersey, we've, we've spoken about that in the past, me, Brian and Scott, about whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. And we'll, we'll probably have that discussion to the end of time. Um, <clears throat> the board, the board see us as customers and unless, unless you're, a club at non-league, most clubs will see their fans ultimately as customers. That's the way they'll see their fans. Um, but things have to be, the board of acceptance as customers, but then are putting a piss poor, piss poor services, piss poor performances on the pitch um, and thinking that's fine. Kerr said they're happy, they're happy with the money coming in, but somebody mentioned in the comments the most important performance indicator of any football club or should be of any football club is winning trophies. He's winning trophies season on season. Um, you don't you don't see Manchester City, Liverpool, Real Madrid, Barcelona settling for 
settling for money coming in, they're successful because they want they want trophies and they want to build on that. Um, I think it was heart and hand this week. They mentioned about fifty five being the sort of pinnacle, and there's a lot of people in the club who are still sitting on top of that mountain, looking out, thinking everything's all rosy, not noticing the fire behind them. Um, us as fans, we can look back on it and remember it was a very good season. We won the league. We should have won more. But the club needs to stop using that and stop using the, but look where we were 10 years ago as a look at That's gone now. That's yeah, gone. Exactly. But the board the board still pushed that out. And Curry's mentioned about the fans, the fans being part of the problem and accepting the garbage. But I don't see that. I don't agree with that point. I think the fans will put the money into the club because they want the club to be successful. If any any fan base doesn't put their money in, they're sort of cutting off their own, cutting off their nose to spite the face because then the club isn't going to be successful. Rangers fans tomorrow could pull all their money out of the club, but then no Rangers fans going to be happy because the club's going to be absolutely awful. Look, Curry, um, Martin, this is a, the exact same con- the discussion we had pre-Geo uh, sacking and nothing has changed. Kerry, it's changed in terms of results on the pitch. Right, it's changed in terms that you can see the coaching that Bill's doing with some of the players, right? But however, Bill did mention something at his press conference that slightly annoyed me. He mentioned a few things that annoyed me, right? But one in particular was he kept on referring back to the fact that both teams were in really good form, right? Now, in terms of points, in terms of the the W column, the win column, yes, absolutely. And I think you, you you do get carried away with that, right? But, you know, I think we have to look back and remember two last-minute goals against a very poor Aberdeen team. I think we beat Dundee United 1-0, who are one of the worst teams in the league. The only performance that I... And Partick Thistle in the Cup, albeit a changed team. The only performance that I can remember, and please, p- people in the comments, point out if I'm wrong, was the one against Hearts, where we played really, really well. I don't think since Beals came in, and this isn't a, a go at Beal, by the way, because Beals came into a team like this, but I don't think our forum in terms of performance has been particularly great. And I think people like myself who are going into this League Cup final with, with real confidence, I think they might have been blinded a wee bit just simply by the results. I think the performances has upped. I think the mentality levels have changed since Michael's come in up until probably Sunday, I think. What we seen was we were, we were obviously we're still conceding first. That's that's not really going to change, is it? The way we play, but we were still conceding, but we were coming back into games. We we're winning games. We we're only doing that previously. So you thought well, it was a wee bit of mentality change. Of players are believing more in themselves. They're believing more in the manager, and that seems to have worked basically in every game we played since Michael's came, and even in the, the game against Celtic in January. You know, one and two, one, and then probably his decision to make a sub near the end that maybe affected the game but we were, we were going all, we were okay we weren't really pulling back the gap in points because Celtic don't really lose many games to the rest of the teams in the league because to be honest with you they shouldn't be losing any points and there should we but then it came into Sunday and it's just interesting but everybody was confident Martin and Sunday you were I was Brian was Greg was until we seen seen the team sheet and mm-hmm. it's a team sheet that kind of put everybody on the other side and it just shows you, and it wasn't just one or two fans, I think it was every fan that was watching. Because he said they brought players in as starters. But this is what annoyed me, but he left the two boys on the bench. Now, if they can't start a game like that, then when are they going to start a game? 
he can't. He went back to his his experience in Kamara and Lundstrom. That's fine. That's his decision in the day because he played well against Hearts, but Hearts playing Hearts is the same as playing Celtic, especially in the final. But he's also went back to two guys, Kamara and Lundstrom, who's been on the end of humiliations against Celtic. So whereas Raskin and Campbell haven't, and they're coming well into one, they're coming with a fire in their belly. You don't know if Kamara and Lundstrom still get that fire in their belly. Showing it every so often is not good enough for me. And they're probably two guys that they were my first two out the door, but that's just my opinion. So I think I think you've seen a wee, I think I've seen a wee change in Michael Peel when his committee was like every manager is. They're full of passion. He likes to talk Michael, as we know, but some of the things you say is really positive. But I think since the weekend he's been a bit contradicting himself, but I thought it was like when he kept saying about, he mentioned Celtic, which is spot on what he said, he didn't say when they're going to challenge him, he just said it'll be difficult, but I thought he kept mentioning the summer mm-hmm. a few times, and then he mentioned that he was revamped instead of rebuild in three or four players instead of maybe more, so I don't know if the board's got him, I don't know if he's found out more since he's came, that's not going to have that much money to spend, I, I don't know, I just feel a wee bit of difference in him, but I don't think as many will leave as we think, even though they should. And I think Michael's got a very, very difficult job. And that's if that's the case, then everybody's going to have to be signing off a saying handshake because if they don't, it's not going to work, even challenging. He was constantly dropping hints, Brian. See, we actually think back when he mentioned that, you know, Ange is lucky to have the budget that he's got. He's mentioned that a couple of times. And then he also mentioned that you know, he was he was talking about finances, and I think he was gently letting us know in his own way that look on the financial side of things, we are not going to be able to compete with Celtic, right? Now, why is that, Brian? Because we've made it to a European final, um, we've beat, we've played in the Champions League, um, the fans have pumped endless money into the club, the sponsorship that the club so proudly boasts that we have. The merchandise the club's selling. Douglas Park's no short of a few, Bob. So so why is it that we're going to be struggling to keep up with them financially? And we've sold the likes of Patterson, Aribo, Bassey. So we've had the money in for player sales. So, and I'm not trying to make a big conspiracy about money. No, no. Um, but, you know, what's the deal with that? It's a very good question. Um, it all depends on, obviously deals that we've agreed obviously with other teams for players do, do we still owe previous transfer fees you know like we, we don't know um it's it could be various things um you know they've obviously spent this money on Edmonds and house um that, that was you know 10 million quid that should be out with the playing budget that it should, should be. not that should only be getting built if it's not going to affect your playing budget should be but well is it or was it what was it budgeted for we don't know um it's 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 all very unfortunately we, we don't get told very much when it's when money's concerned we just we just don't get any information we don't you know we you get the accounts at the AGM and that's pretty much it and you have to work out the rest for yourself so as you say we've still got the money from the Champions League to come um with the Europa League money you know all the player sales so I mean, unless the unless the wages have went up a lot since you know the, the players have signed, I don't know. 
but the squad is massive. So you know, it's it's all very it's it's probably probably correct that the the player wage budget is probably higher than it should be. But yeah, it's well, it's baffling. What was it? It's, was it was it thirty eight players we've got registered as the first as first team players? I think it was thirty eight. That's something wage, along those lines. The wage bill was touching forty. It was at forty million a year. Yeah. The wage bill was touching. So, Craig, that says to me that just furthers my point that Ross Wilson isn't doing his job. If if Michael Beale's been told, right, okay, we need to tighten the purse strings here. We don't have, uh, and listen, I'm not saying that he has been right. Absolutely not saying that. Rangers could go out and spend. They could probably not. They could go out and spend 15, 20, 25 million in the summer, right? And blow us all away and bring in all these players, right? They might, probably not. Um, but we've got so much money sitting there, stealing a wage. You've got Roof, you've got Hollander, you've got John Souter, you've got Rabbi Matondo. The list, Craig, is endless. Yeah, it goes back to Ross Wilson and Boyan players, like Brian said, at a 20, 30% success rate. That's why we got 38 players on the books and players that we can't get rid of for loving the money. If I was Kamar Roof, I wouldn't want to go anywhere if I'm getting paid every single week. Uh, I do feel sorry for the boy because he clearly, I don't think he wants to be injured, but that also then comes back to the, is he actually injured or is it more than a mentality issue that some players will run through injuries and some players don't. Um, but that all goes back to Ross Wilson. Because back to the same way we said on the pitch Sunday, you can, you can, counter for one or two of your players not performing same way in the in the football club you could factor in for one department not doing its job but when you've got multiple departments not doing the job then the whole thing becomes an absolute not shit show. Yeah, yeah shit show um and it all goes back to ross wilson the man who doesn't make transfer doesn't buy players unless they're calvin bassey joe Rebo, or nathan patterson who were sold on and then he does buy those players um this goes back to when he was at southampton he buys players, lives off the Sadio Mane, um, tries to live off the Virgil van Dijk when he never actually signed Virgil van Dijk. Um, and he, he will be happy with things that go well and not accept criticism when it doesn't go well. So that leads us on to the bigger point, Kerr, and this is where it really starts to get stressful. Um, we have so many players in that squad, and, and I've said it before, and I'll unhappily say it again, um, we have too many players in that squad who are serial losers. Um, it's it's a painful thing to admit, but it's true. We can't, can't hide behind anything. So along with the players who are not involved in the team, along with the players who are out injured, how does the club, how does Ross Wilson, how does Stuart Robertson, how does Douglas Park go about fixing this Rangers team? Because there are so many players that we have to let go and there is no players that we have to bring in. The state that we are in, and listen, it could all change quickly. I don't know how the, the ins and outs of how football works, but this looks to me a lot bigger job than simply a summer transfer window. Yes, yeah, massive. It's not. He's going to have to. You have to go. You're going to have to give him this window, and then the winter one, and maybe even the one after that. But is he going to get the time? We don't know. Uh, what are you going to have to do first? We're going to have to trim the squad down. Like Craig said, it's far too big, but getting rid of the guys who's out of contract is easy. Mm-hmm. It's the guys who are on longer contracts who maybe you kind of get shorter because either nobody will buy them or they don't want to give them a raise. We're paying them. 
obviously guys you can sell it, maybe you don't want to keep in your squad, like Lundstrom and Kamari, you can make money off of them, because somebody will come in and buy their two, it's not like they're bad players, I've just been here too long, well Kamara has, and Lundstrom's thinks he's better than what he actually is, and uh, he probably suits English football better, down the championship or something, and then whatever you're left with, you have to try and build, but it's difficult because one Monday's not going to do it because teams are know we're looking for players. We have to, like the guys said last night in the pod, they have to go out and explore the market worldwide. They just kind of keep going to England, Belgium and Croatia. They have to actually go in worldwide, but you don't know if they have, you don't know how long they've been looking, you don't know if they've been in contact with any boys that's out of free contracts on anybody it's for other teams because clubs do it all the time. You don't know how far ahead we're bringing guys in, but us. But the first thing I have to do is trim the squad out, Martin. We can't keep buying players when we're not getting any. That makes the situation worse. So we're going to have to get a lot of players first before we can invest because the squads. I mean, even just in the program for the weekend, I mean Celtics. They put on usually put on your full first team squads and. Celtic had nowhere near the amount of players we had. Do you know that way? Because he kind of focuses on um, maybe 20, 18 guys, whereas I think we've got 38 players. I mean, some of these guys are getting mega bucks for doing not a lot. And so the first thing you do is try to. I reported 26 grand a week for Rabbi Matondo. In the day, it's not Rabbi's fault. He's came here. No. He's not really had a decent chance either and he became the kind of scapegoat for a lot of people, but he was given that. If somebody says true, come and play with us and you say fair enough, I'll, I don't mind, I'll take the challenge and you ask for 26 and they give you 26, <laughs> you're like, fair enough, I'll take it. So that's not his fault, but I mean, you'll probably find a lot of your players are on more than some of the Celtic players because... I think Stu said it last night, coming for the Japanese market and stuff, their leagues, it's a decent league, but I don't think it's very well paid. So coming here and Celtic are giving them money that's in maybe they'll get over there. Whereas we're buying guys like Matondo who cost Shao Kang, it was £12 million or something like that. So he's probably used to that way. Just we don't have to give him what he's asking for. Instead of buying players or younger guys as well, we need to get hungry, hungry young players are mechanic. We're never going to get a uh, then product, that's just out with him because we don't get that. We either get somebody at the end of their career or somebody at the start of their career. We're going to get the finished product. But we have to scout over the world. We can't just keep going to the same areas. It doesn't work. But obviously, Ross Wilson's got contacts in certain places. He's got, he knows agents very well. And if that's the case, then it's not going to change. But the first thing I have to do is give Michael Beale the full... Time range. I say he's he's in final decision for everything pulls in and out. He can't trust anybody else getting the day he's a manager. He has to have a final decision on everything regarding the first team. He can't Michael, Michael Bill mentioned that he's looked at players and the club have given him players as well to um, for him to have a look at and see what he wants to do. And the club giving him players, although it shouldn't be because it's they're supposed to be now the coach coaches and the sporting director or the director of football and whatever it is, scouting department. Give him a list of players and he says yes, no, yes, no. Um, and that terrifies me with Rangers. Um, this leads on to a much bigger point, Brian. Um, Kevin Hurls. First thing, we need a whole new start in 11, right? Now, that's just not feasible, right? 
and possibly not true because there is a few players in there who are very very good players and can take us moving forward right but what that puts in my mind is right and, and it's, i'll try and just keep it one or two questions right firstly the position that we're in now right when we won the league and celtic were miles behind and everybody was talking about how poor they were are we in a worse position now than them right and whether it's yes whether it's no it's not took celtic that long to get a full new team or is the position that we're in a lot worse than what they were? <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> you really want to say no, but it's it's very difficult to argue against that. Um, it, they didn't have um, the, the potential outgoings like we've got coming up in the summer. They, they still had a lot of players under contract. So it's not as though they were losing... Uh, you know, we're going to virtually lose a whole team this year um, with just out of contract players. <laughs> it's very easy. It's very easy to sign players when you're doing well, but see when you're not doing so well, it's difficult to sign them. It's difficult to convince them to come back. And after the the Champions League debacle we had this year, you know, it, convincing a player to come back to you know to come and play for Rangers and say to them, "Look, we've got European football." They're just going to take one look at that and think, "Don't have a fancy some of that." So it's going to be very difficult to, you know, try and convince players to sign. Are, are we worse? It's very difficult to argue. I, I, it's it's probably a yes, and that's probably the hardest thing I've ever had to say. But unfortunately, you've it's it's just gone on for you know so long now. You know, it's we've we've known about this since not last summer, the summer before, and it's you know. No, nobody seems to be listening at the board level. Nobody seems to be listening. It's like they're uh, the ostriches got their heads in the sand. Nobody's wanting to hear it. Everything's rosy, um, and it's very difficult to argue. Unfortunately, yeah. Maybe we should maybe try and get a wee preview of the commandment game going because I did say I was going to try and get. A bit of positivity into this show, um, but it is most certainly, most certainly not been the case. Craig, who in that first team um, is is good enough, both um, ability and mentality wise, um, to help take us forward? Who, who in the first team do you trust? Those are two very, very different matters. Who's good ability wise will be quite a few of them. Mentality wise, and goes back to comment that somebody mentioned in the week about um, John Lundstrom in his press conference where the words he used were we'll try to get to a Scottish Cup final rather than win the Scottish Cup. That goes back to a mentality issue of, for them, they see that as success of getting to a final. Um, in terms of having the ability and the mentality, in my opinion, Davies, Yilmaz, uh, we haven't really seen a lot of him. Goldson is probably on the fence more for the mentality-wise. He's got the quality to play, as he's shown over the last few years. Tav's probably the same. Absolutely brilliant quality, but does he have? Has he gone through too far down the road with the with the mentality? Um, <coughs> sorry, um, I'm struggling. Tom Lawrence, Raskin, Cantwell, and those three have come in this season, um, and that's probably about it, in my opinion. People might disagree, but that's probably about it. Mm. Um, CGM's making the point here. Um, and let, 
I always like to try and rein it. I always like to try and be conservative um, with my points. I don't like to try and be too much either way. So I suppose actually um, liberal, I suppose. Um, we are maybe going a bit over the top. Um, since Bill came in, our league results have uh, been good. Maybe not the performances. The problem is they haven't dropped any points. The damage was already done. So with everything that we've just discussed in the last 48 minutes, um, is there maybe a slight overreaction to that loss on Sunday? Or is the reaction justified? Probably, probably a bit of both. I think CGM's got a point. I think... Uh, the damage was already done. Being all the, mm. I said it, I said it myself on here when people get appointed, the league was over. But you, you want to keep trying, don't you? I mean, if they've done really well, obviously, uh, results wise. But I think when you come to Scotland, either it is or them, and you get beat with other, it's always going to be a failure. And to any day, that's what you come for. You can't constantly get beat with the other side of the old firm. It doesn't work. The fans don't accept it. And they never will. So Michael Beale could win every game next season, but you could lose to them and we lose the league. It's not acceptable. You, you have to the first thing you have to do when you come to Glasgow is and he knows that himself. He's been he's been here under Stephen Gerrard. You have to beat them. And then you but it's not just beating them, you can't lie down them either. If they if they beat you, it has to be accepted that it was close. No, it's been a walkover like we've seen under Gio a few times and, and then we've seen well under Michael on Sunday, because when Stephen Gerrard was here, yeah, he only won one league, but Celtic never really walked over the toppies. Do you know that way? And I know that kind of does, doesn't if I only won him one, one trophy in a team he was here, but at the end of the day, that's where you're, that's where you're marked against, you're marked against how when you play them, because that's what Scottish football is, it's us and them, the other teams don't matter, it's no disrespect to the other teams, but you take ourselves and them out of Scottish football, it kind of dies a death to people out with Scotland watching it. So it's how you how you go against them and Sunday was not great and I'm gonna say that was me being nice and it wasn't great. <laughs> but you, you, you can't go into because you, you can't go into the next season. If you go into the next season, Martin, we don't win the Scottish Cup, right? And they get the treble and they've got a good chance of getting the treble, but we're gonna be starting next season. We, uh, he's got another window, which we say is maybe not enough, but we're going to a couple of games at the season we lose, and then we get beaten the first off foreign game. There'll be fans asking for him to go. It's just mm-hmm. the nature of being in Rangers. Because you, as soon as you lose to Celtic, you're in the back foot. No matter who you are, you, come out, you can come out with every excuse under the sun. But when you lose to them, you're in the back foot straight away because we don't like getting beat with them. We never will. And it's never going to change. doesn't matter if you're sitting bottom of the league, sitting league three when we were. We just don't like getting beat with them because we don't like them. And, and unless it's a very close game, the four each draw eyebrows was the first one both fans were not bothered about years ago. But I don't think even now, no matter if they're running away with the league, you don't want to lose them. You just never want to lose them. And that's the way football is. And Michael should know that. And the players should know that as well. And it'll be difficult for him. He has to start, like you say, he has to get to he has to at least get to the Scottish Cup final. Getting beat before that, he'll be under pressure. But if you get to the final and we won it, I'll give him a bit of relief. Didn't give Jill much relief, but I'll give him a wee bit of relief. But like I say, if he starts next season really bad and then really he's he, under he, pressure. He's not under any pressure in regards to his job this season. I mean, unless he lost every single game between now and the end of the season. If he lost his Scottish Cup final then, Martin, uh, I think, I'm not saying he's going to lose his job, but he's under no. more pressure then. And it no, doesn't, matter, yeah. doesn't matter who the players are, because at the end of the day, he's the manager. And the manager takes the blame, Avril. 
Oh, of course, of course. I've just been in terms of, you know, <clears throat> I think people, there, there has been a few, not many, right, but there has been a few people on social media, as you would expect, Bill has to go, this and that, this and that. That's nonsense, right? Bill messed up big time on Sunday. Um, the, the one thing that, that continuously annoys me is, and maybe it is, maybe it is true, right, but I'm fed up hearing we have to learn from this. That's a novice manager. He has to learn this. He has to learn that. That's just starting to grate on me because how many more years do we have to keep learning for stuff before we end up turning it around and, and going on and winning two free leagues in a row, two cups, this and that. I'm just fed up hearing this. We have to learn. Um, Bebop Boop in the comments, one of my favourite names. Uh, my uncle from Melbourne has been telling me about the quality of Japanese and Korean football well before Celtic did that, a market we need to look at. Brian, we we need to, as the football club that we are and the size of football club that we are, and by the way, thank you very much, people, for the 499 Super Chat, really appreciate it. Um, we have to be looking at just about every market that we can. We should be looking at Antarctica for players. We should be looking anywhere. Mars? You know I mean? It doesn't matter where. <clears throat> it doesn't matter where in the world we should be having somebody on that continent looking at the end of the day because there's... There's players everywhere. It's just a matter of finding them. Um, and, yeah, this apologising after the game as well, that's that's grating on me as well. Sorry to the fans. All that. It, the, they've said it before in losses, and it, it's still... The, it's the, the problem, sorry, Brian, the problem is it's the same players. It's your Lundstroms, your Taverniers, etc., your Goldsons. It's the same players for the last four or five years coming out and apologising and saying we have to learn. You've had five years to learn. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> it's 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 just beyond. Everybody's sick of hearing it now. They don't want to hear it. They're fed up of hearing sorry and oh, we'll we'll do better next time. Well, prove it and do it. Stop saying sorry. Everybody's everybody's sick of hearing the sorry stories. You know all this. You know, social uh, social media statements saying over oh, sorry to the fans. We'll we'll try and learn from this. We'll try and learn from that. Well, as you say, they've, they've had we've had five years of it and it's still not working. So something's not right. So mm -hmm. the, it's the mentality side. So at the end of the day, do you know what? Do you know what, Brian? Maybe it's not just the mentality side. Maybe it is the quality side. Maybe Borna Barisic isn't good enough for Rangers. Maybe getting caught at that post for just about every Celtic goal. Maybe he's not good enough. Maybe Tav isn't good enough. Maybe Goldson isn't good enough. Lundstrom, maybe not good enough. Kamara, not good enough. You know, Morelos, not good enough. Maybe they're just not good enough. The, the thing is, the thing is, though, I think, I think, I think when they want to be, they are. That's the, that's the thing that really annoys me. When they want to be, when the when when they see a game that they fancy, I think they're they're as good as anybody, if not better. But Unfortunately, there's t there's just times, or it's it's happening far too often where they just don't seem very much interested. You know, th there was that game where Lundstrom where he lost the ball. I think it was a Kilmarnock or something mid, and I think it was where he just lost the ball and he just didn't even track back, and the boy went and scored. St Johnson, it was. You know, and little things like that that you see, you just think that's just that's just not a, that's just not good enough for a Rangers player. And how that. many times has John Lundstrom done that? Yeah, that's it exactly. So maybe he's it. maybe he's just not good enough. Well, it could it could very well be. But again, what does that fall back on? 
scouting department. You know, players have, every player I would imagine at one point in their career has good form. We've won two trophies in how many years? Four years? Five years? Something like that? Years. So maybe these players aren't good enough. You know, maybe we need to take the, yeah, we got to a European final. Yeah, we won 55. Yeah, we won the Scottish Cup. Big wow. That's all we've done. Getting to a European final was great. We lost the final. Therefore, it means nothing. We lost the final. We won one league and we've been embarrassed by Celtic far too many times over the last how many years. So something has to change. The board needs to change something. You can't say sack the board because they run the club. They own the club. So you can't sack the board. You need to wait until somebody else is willing to come in and spend a bit of money to get uh, get this club and move it forward. Because as much as he's frustrating me and as much as he's annoying me, Douglas Park is not a stupid man. He's a very, very, very intelligent businessman. Douglas Park knows exactly what he's doing. Um, so, yeah, something needs to happen. Um, Craig, with regards to tomorrow, um, what are you looking for tomorrow? <laughs> a big performance for 90 minutes. We said we might as well just cut in the every bit we've said over the last so many podcasts. We want the performance and a result. This goes back to, I was going to jump in. Um, the one thing that really got me this week was Lundstrom saying, there's nobody angrier than the players. And I'm sorry, that just doesn't wash with me. It, because I go up and down the land and see see the Rangers fans and how they've reacted this week. So you can't tell me you're you're more angry and more upset with what happened. Show it, show it on the pitch. Um, this goes back to and I saw in the comments a few people back in um, saying that Gerard left because he wasn't backed. Gerard's not blameless in this. When we won fifty five, he come out saying we need to what's it fix the roof while the sun's shining, and that was the the phrase he used. And then the following season, he refused to let any players be sold when they probably should have been recycled after 55. The likes of Kamara, Morelos, Kent, maybe they should have been moved on. And here we are two years down the line and some of the players are going for free and have lost their form and have passed the peak. Maybe Tav has passed his peak. Maybe last season was his was his pinnacle and now he's on the, on the downward. I just want a performance tomorrow. I want, I want 90 minutes of players running through a brick wall for the club, whatever they say before the match, after the match, you want them to show it for ninety minutes. It's all about the performances now, Care. Um, I think the talking's done. If we win two one, two 0 tomorrow, and it's a scrappy performance, nobody cares about the post match interviews. Nobody cares what the players are coming out to say because the anger's still there, and the anger's going to be there tomorrow. Um, yeah. Unless we do put on a good performance, and even at a good performance, it can't be just one. This has to carry on now till the end of the season. What Bill's got to do for me is to put his stamp tomorrow. He's got to go and address him and actually stop being pals with folk. The problem is he's pals with many of these players because when he was here the last time he was a coach, he wasn't a manager, so he was quite friendly with some of them. And I think that kind of eats into maybe decision making. So he's got to tomorrow come out and make a statement and say. Like he's been left out, he's been left out, and he's been left out. And I know just for the Morris game, I actually been left out for a while. And bring some of the start Raskin, and start Campbell, bring in maybe Devine and uh, Lowry and whoever else. Give, give somebody else a chance to prove that to prove. Because you kind of keep getting back to the same stuff. I mean, what annoyed me was with Michael is he said he knew in the first half from the pause maybe one up to it or wasn't good enough. Yet he didn't want to chuck his team under the bus to make changes until it was too late. 
Is that because he's the guy he's part of it? So that's what I mean. So he's going to have to come in the morning, hope that speaking says, right, you're not playing Saturday, you're not playing Saturday, you're not playing Saturday. I'm going with these guys because these are the guys I want to count on from future. The rest of this season, continue into next season. So go with the younger guys, go with the hungrier guys and start afresh. Don't keep going back to the guys who have got the last couple of managers sacked. Do you know what I mean? I know Gerard left, but uh, Gio sacked and then Michael could be next. So he's going to have to put his stamp down, man. He can't keep crying the same players that other managers have tried until he gets the decision to bring players in. So tomorrow's his kick-off. We can't go in the morning one one or 2 now. We have to go out tomorrow and get a performance. I know it's only commandment and people say that, but I'm fed up even when we do lose a game and they say the next game will be a big performance and we struggle. We have to actually make sure it's a big performance and one four or 5 now. But Kamala could come back with some more quite confident because, you know, we're on tender hooks and the, the fans might be against us. So, but he's going to have to make a point tomorrow with some of his team selections. He can. If Lundstrom and Kamara start tomorrow, then for me, that's a bad decision. So, hopefully, he doesn't go down that road. <laughs> well, we shall see. Um, can I just actually give a big shout out to everybody watching? Um, if you're watching for the first time and you haven't already, please do consider subscribing. Um, also give the give the show a wee like. It helps to share it around the, the YouTube algorithm and, and stuff like that. But um, only like 40% of the people who watch are actually subscribed. It takes two seconds. It's absolutely free. Please do hit that, that subscribe button. If you've been watching for a while or for the first time and you enjoy what we're talking about, you enjoy the content, then please do consider joining our Patreon. The link for that is in the description. Loads of extra shows. Um, there's merchandise coming out, you'll get discounts off that, live shows, etc, etc, etc. We're looking to take the rabble as far as we possibly can, and we would love to become a proper part of fan media, and we need your support in order to do that. Um, before we go, Brian, we know what we won't be able to do. What will we do tomorrow? Tell us the future. <laughs> I, I thoroughly hope there's... Uh, no, but you hope. No, 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 no. You, you either ignored me or didn't he, hear the question. He, he will make changes. There's no way he can't not make changes after Sunday. I'm sorry. There's just no way. He has. He has to make changes purely because the fans won't stand for it. Imagine he pulled out the same eleven as Sunday. There'd be. You can just imagine the noise and the the anger there'll be. He has. He has to for his for his own. For his own managerial career, he's got to make changes. He just can't just keep going so with his what own. What changes will he make then, Brian? What changes Sorry? will he make? What changes will he make? Well, he's got well, the midfield for a start. He's got to have Raskin in there. He's got to have Campbell. <clears throat> um, other what? I mean, the problem the problem you got is the, the squad's so thin. I mean, there's there's folks saying get some of the youth in. Well, again, if the youth come in and then we don't play well and then we lose, then of course, the poor the poor youth are going to get it. I mean, hasn't it didn't take about at what at what point, Brian? Do we do we stop with that nonsense, right, and move towards the well? If that's going to be the thinking, if that's going to be the mentality um, with regards to youth, what's the point in having an academy? Exactly, because the work exactly. that gets done at that academy is phenomenal, but yet yeah. they never get a chance. Yeah, I mean, I did I did see somebody say, um, you know. I wouldn't mind seeing that Bailey Rice play tomorrow, you know. I mean, it's probably a bit much asking to throw a young lad in after a defeat like there was just the last game. But I like the I like the thinking of it. Um, I mean, is, is the youth is the, is the youth players going to do any worse than what happened on Sunday? 
I, I wouldn't think so. Um, he he needs to make changes, um, starting with Raskin and Campbell, because at least they're showing a bit of desire and a bit of guile and a bit of wanting to play, rather than um, just sort of stomping around and just just not really making an effort. And that's that's as Kerr said earlier, you don't mind losing when you there's a bit of effort, but when there's no effort and you lose, that's when fans really start to turn on the team. And I'm afraid. That's what happened on Sunday. The effort wasn't there and the fans turned on them. With regards to the defence, care, I can't see there being any changes. I think he'll probably stick with the same back five. Um, obviously, Yilmaz hasn't... Uh, he's not back from injury yet. I can't see him putting Devine in. Although I would like to see Devine get a chance at right back because that is his natural position. But I think he'll stick with the same defence. But with regards to the front three, will there be any changes up top? Not do you want them? Will he do it? Uh, will he do it? I think Sakala might not play, but I think Kent and Morelos will. The back four will stay the same, but it shouldn't. And the midfield three should be different. It should be Jack, Campbell and Askin, but it should have been last week. But I think uh, he's going to have to make changes. Even just, I know somebody said that might show weakness. It will not show weakness because some of these guys shouldn't be still at Ibrox. This is, a, this is the best time to tell them, listen, this is your time's up. Go on the phone to your agent and tell me to get you a new club this summer. Because you have to do be you ruthless. Do you think he's done that, Kev? I don't know. I, I don't know because you don't know You don't know who he wants to bring. He, he doesn't know. It's all have some butts, Mark. We don't know how much money he's got. We don't know the players he wants in. And he knows he's going to have to keep some of the players because he knows he's going to have to use some of these guys next season. And... We can we can class some of the serial losers and, and they probably are. I mean, well, I'm not saying probably that they are, but when a manager comes in, sometimes it can change depending on who the manager is. Michael, but he's going to have to stamp his own authority. He's going to have to put his own mark down. He's going to have to the poor's canny. But like Walter used to do. Walter had a light to laugh and a joke. But he couldn't take his shit out of Walter because Walter would slap you. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you would you would, you would play, run through a brick wall for Walter. And I know manage the kind of football's changed and that kind of way players are more softer. But he's gonna to have to put his authority in that team. He can't be shown as an easy case and oh you've had a bad game, let's you've another chance next week to show me what you can do. These things shouldn't matter. It's a case of you've been here too long, we know what you can do, it's not a lot, it's time to move on and let's give what well, I agree with you, I don't mind giving the young guys a chance because the league's over for me. I know you don't want to keep drafting points behind, but this is the best time to play these guys, because they've got a point to prove and if you say to somebody, play with two now at the end of the season, and then next season you're pushing for a first-team place, or you could be in the first-team, start mm-hmm. starting 11, why not? Why keep going back to the same players we went back to the last couple of seasons? Especially... <laughs> like, it's so frustrating, and it seems... Oh, like we're sitting here at the end of the season talking about the same guys. He's going to have to do something. Yeah, it's ridiculously frustrating, because it seems it seems like such an easy option at this point. Um if there's anybody watching this, any single person watching it, not just all the folk that have been in the comments, but if you've watched and you haven't commented yet, does anybody think genuinely, realistically, take the blue specks off for two seconds, does anybody watching this genuinely believe that we can still win the league? Is there anybody out there who genuinely believes, and I'm doing that thing politicians day with a thumb, I don't like that. Is there anybody who believes that we can still win this league? If you do, 
just just say yes in the comments. Don't even need to expand on it, but you can expand on it if you want. But if you genuinely believe that we can win this league, um, then I would I would love to know if there's anybody out there who still thinks that's a realistic a realistic possibility. Craig, there is one thing that I've wanted to see for so long, but for for one or two reasons, it's never happened. Um, as CGM says, Michael Beals talked about it. Um, is there any possibility that tomorrow and going forward that we see Morelos and Cholak up front together? The game to do that was last Sunday when we when we got two one and the crowd. That's a back. very good point. The crowd were up. The crowd were loving it. Morelos seemed to be the Buffalo of a few years ago. He seemed to be a new lease of life as soon as he got his goal. Why then he took Morelos off and as Alfie showed, he, he was not very happy about it. As soon as that happened, you knew we weren't going to score because the Celtic defenders were probably sat there thinking, oh my God, thank God for that. Alfie's gone off. Um, and I said, said the other day, we had a five, ten minute spell once the goal went in that if we'd got another one, then maybe the game would have been different. And that that was that was the time it was screaming out for Morelos to bully the two defenders and Cholak to be the one getting on the end of it. And why every sub Sunday, I didn't realise this until afterwards, every sub Sunday was like for like, exactly the same, like for like, and there was no switch, no switch, which we really needed when they were on the ropes. There's one or two people in the comments who have said yes. So absolutely, I would love to have that positive mindset. We needed to win the 2nd of January game for that. Oh, of course, we'd need to beat them twice. Um, but uh, JT, world hunger being fixed is more believable. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, and look, it's not a case of, of giving up hope. Um, it's just a case of being realistic. They don't drop points against the other teams. Now we don't, albeit the performances haven't been great, but they don't really drop points. And go, judging by that game on Sunday, if Bill doesn't shape up, we're not going to beat them either. <laughs> Martin with his non-threatening hand gestures. Yes, absolutely it's non-threatening. Like Boris. It's like Boris yes. when he was... It's the first time I've ever been compared to Boris Johnson, to be fair. <laughs> absolutely the first time. Well, you know, it's like, I, I came up with a, a looky-likey for you the other day. I thought about it. Samuel Tarley. I don't even know who that is. Game of Thrones. Never watched it. Google I've got I've got a life. Never watched it. That'll do us there, gents. That'll do us. I'm not even going to go into the predictions for tomorrow because, see, to be honest with you, seeing this, it's 10 0. I'm not going to be happy. Um, but we will be back um, tomorrow at half past two. Oh, my mind's just went black. It's a three o'clock kickoff tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah. I, that's yeah. something that I should automatically know. Um, but there you go. My mind went blank. So we're back at half two tomorrow. We build up. And then, of course, we're back straight after the game. Um, for post-match reaction. Like I say, please do like and subscribe if you enjoy the content. Likes help share it. Subscribes helps the channel grow. And of course, if you want to be part of the... I do look a wee bit like him, actually. That's quite a fair point. Um, I'll take that. That's a handsome man. Um, and of course, if you do enjoy the content, then you can help support the, the, the rabble by joining us over on Patreon. The link for that is in the description. So thank you, Brian. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Care. Um, very good input tonight gentlemen um, thank you everybody for watching thank you for those in the comments thank you to those who are listening on Patreon once this gets uploaded and we'll see you all tomorrow <coughs> excuse me, he's a choke we'll see you all tomorrow um, at half past two for build up to Rangers versus Kilmarnock in the SPFL thank you for watching enjoy the rest of your Friday night
Social Podcast Network.